Good morning. morning. Happy summer. summer. Oh, you guys sound like the nine o'clock service. It's summertime. Happy summer. There we go. That's a little bit better. I know it may feel like spring. I I know it's been in the 70s, whatever. It's officially summer. It's here. And with summer comes summer vacations and summer mindsets and summer attitudes. If you're going to take a vacation, which do you choose? Beach or mountains? How many beach people? Raise your hands. How many mountain people? Wow, we only have a handful of mountain people. Okay. All right. How about if you're going to rent a car on vacation, convertible or luxury? Convertibles. How about luxury? All right. How about a bicycle? Some of you are just going to ride wherever you're going to go. Walk. You're just going to walk. That, that works. Cruise or all-inclusive vacation? How many cruisers? Yeah, Shannon Lawfer over here puts up four hands. All right. How many all-inclusive type vacations? You just want to be taken care of. How many of you are staycation people? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We got it. Sleep in or get up early? How many sleep in? How many get up early? I am shocked. Nine o'clock was like 90% get up early. I'm going, it's vacation, people. You're supposed to sleep in. Summertime seems to be one of those periods of time where we just kind of let go of everything in Uh, that's important to us, just to find a little bit of relaxation, right? I mean, that's what we think. It's really important to remember that you will get more relaxation by keeping the important things as a priority and letting go of the urgent things that tend to rule our lives. The important things still need to remain important. They still need to uh, remain priorities for us. And today we're going to camp out on this idea of choosing the important over the urgent. All right? Important over the urgent. Anybody like more time in your summer? I I mean, some of you are going, hey, I'm, I'm in school. We're out of school for the summer. I'm good. My kids are out of school for the summer. I want as much as that as I can possibly get. Or, or maybe you just are a teacher and you're off. You have a break during the summer. You want more of that as much as you can get. Maybe you just quit work for the summer. I don't know. You have options right there. You want a little bit more in the summer. What would you do with more time? Just think about that. What would you do with more time in the summer? Anybody be sleeping in? Anybody say, I'm finally going to get to these five books that I've been wanting to read for the rest of the year. Summer's here. I'm going to read those. How many of you are going to spend more time with your kids maybe or maybe go fishing or go golfing or just relax somewhere? You're going, I wish I had more time to do something that's important to me. Here's the problem. All kinds of things get in the way. All kinds of things get in the way to you relaxing. You have to go to work. Most of us don't have a choice, right? You've got to, you've got to cut the grass. It just has to be done. You have to do the dishes. You have to finish up the honeydew list. You have to pay the bills. You have to take the kids to four different activities or practices or rehearsals or events. You have to Facebook and Instagram all the gossip that's going on out there because you can't let that go. I just wish I had more time. Now, it's interesting. 
When you talk to people and you ask them, you know, how are you? The same answer comes up almost every time. You know what the basic answer is? I'm busy. I'm busy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm busy. There's just so much going on. I've never asked someone how they're doing, and they say, I'm relaxed, unless you're in a certain subculture of people and you have your medical marijuana card. Other than that, you know, you're going, man, I'm just busy. Nobody says life is easy. I've got quality time with my kids. Everything is relaxed. Nobody says that. It's all, I'm busy. Craig uh, Groeschel said, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll make you busy doing the things that may not really matter. And when it comes to you, how you live, what you do, how you do things, when you do things, they affect the quality and happiness of your life. They just do. So are you too busy to do the important things? And the real answer is no. We just choose to do the urgent. The real answer is we're not too busy to do the important things because we have time for whatever we choose to have time for. You know, that's true, right? You have time to do whatever you choose to do. You just do. People make time for what they want and who they want. Now, if, if people, if you text someone, call someone, leave a message for someone, and they don't call you back, text you back, reply to you, guess what? It means they just don't want to take the time to talk to you. They don't want to take the time to connect to you. I mean, never believe anyone who says, oh, I was just too busy to get back to you. If they wanted to be around you, they would be around you. If they wanted to get back to you, they would get back to you. That's the reality. I hear people say things all the time. Man, I wish I, I just had time to do that. Or if I had the time, I would help these people. Or, or if I had the time, I would read my Bible or spend time with my spouse or show up at church or serve those in need. No one is too busy not to do what you want to do. We have time for whatever we choose, but we don't choose the important things. We only choose the urgent things. Now, should we do everything that comes across our plate? No. You absolutely should not do everything because you can't. We need to choose because the urgent things that come our way are not always important, but yet we choose to do the urgent Let's just say you own a business, all right? Let's say the business is Walmart. Say you own that. And you've got some upset, angry customers. Anybody else upset, angry at Walmart? You go into Walmart, and here's what happens. Most of us find this, the, the, this long lines with one cashier and a bunch of self-checkouts that don't work, find that pretty frustrating, and so we get angry. So dealing with us, angry customers, is urgent. But figuring out a way to hire a few more checkout people to make sure your self-checkouts work, that's important. Why? Because it keeps the angry people from being angry at you all the time. All right? Let's just say you're driving down the road and your oil light comes on and you ignore it. Your car breaks down. Is it urgent that you get to a mechanic at that point? You don't have a choice. If you want to drive the car, you got to get it to a mechanic because it broke down. What would have been the more important things to do? 
maybe changing the oil every 3,000 miles, maybe when something starts sputtering and, and you take it to a mechanic to make sure things are okay, you keep the, the up-to-date things happening on it, that would be more important, but you chose the urgent. Let's say you're sick because you don't take care of yourself. You don't sleep, you're stressed out, you're eating way too much junk food. Guess what? Going to the doctor at that point is urgent because you may not have much time left if you don't do that. But what's important? It's taking care of yourself, figuring out what to do and what not to do because those are the important things. What to eat, what not to eat. Charlie had these, these bunt cakes. I, I don't know, they're from a store down the street, the bunt cakes that are supposed to be incredibly delicious and he was passing them out to everybody in the back room as just a thank you this morning. It was everything I could do to walk. And Charlie's going, here, just take one. You just have, here, just try a bite. Here, I'll eat half, you eat. No, you just take one bite. I'm going, I can't do it. I'm trying to get out of here healthy. I don't want to do that. And he was almost forcing me. I had to run out of the room or I would have been forced to do it. You know, you have choices. You can choose the urgent, which is to go to the doctor when my body breaks down, or you could choose the important things. Seth Godin said this, if you choose what's important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. And that's just common sense. It just is. If you have your Bibles, iPads, version apps, whatever you have, open to Luke chapter 10. We're going to camp out on this story about two sisters named Mary and Martha. And Martha does what so many of us do. She is consumed by the urgent stuff, and she's so consumed by it that she misses what's most important. So here's how Luke describes the story, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Can you see the sibling rivalry start to boil here? Can, can, can you see it right there? You see the sibling thing. Mary's sitting, Martha's working. You see the sibling rivalry start to, to, start to kind of perk up. How many of you were the firstborn? Firstborn child, okay? Here's first, firstborn kind of characteristics. Natural leader, ambitious, and responsible. That's a firstborn. How many middle, middle kids? How many of you are middle kids? All right, yeah, some of you, some of you won't even raise your hands because you're a middle kid. Because here's the middle kid, they're needy. They're peacekeepers. They are fairness obsessed because the middle kid doesn't have all the privileges of the firstborn and they don't get all the attention of the babies in the family. They're stuck in the middle, and you end up like Jan in the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's all about Marsha. Always feeling like nobody cares. How many babies? How many youngest? Raise your hands. Okay, yeah, the youngest are going, yeah, I'm the youngest. Why? Because you're the youngest. Because you got all the attention. That's how it works. You're a free spirit. You're a risk taker. You tend to be more charming than your siblings, right? Why? Because the parents were less cautious with you. You know, if you start eating dog food, it's like, well, your brothers did it, they survived. Eat as much dog food as you want, I don't care. 
and typically you have more money than you did when your firstborn was born, and you just kind of spend it on the youngest and give them whatever they want. That's the way it works to get lots of attention. I read this story about Mary and Martha, and I see that personality conflict to start coming out. Mary, I'm assuming, is the youngest, right? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's listening. She's just kind of, she, that's just her. She's just down, down in there getting to know everybody. And I'm guessing Martha is the oldest because she does what typical oldest kids do. She wanted to make sure things were done. She gave in to the urgent while Mary was choosing what was most important. Luke 10, 40, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Everything, I'm doing it all. Tell her to help me. Martha got freaked out. Why? Because she wanted everything to be clean. She wanted everything to be cooked, to be put away, everything to be perfect. And I don't blame her. I mean, Jesus is coming for dinner. If you found out somebody famous, somebody you respect, was coming to your house for dinner, what are you going to do? You're going to freak out. You're going to clean. You're going to make sure everything looks really, really good. You'd go into crazy mode. We do that. So Some of our great friends, Art and Mary Lodi, used to live here. They live in Florida now. They came in this weekend. They came in on Thursday and stayed with us the, the past few days. And, and it, it was one of, those, one, one of those things where I started into fix-it mode, right? I, I mean, like last week. They were coming in Thursday. I started into fix-it mode last week because I wanted everything to be nice. Did I tell you all like three or four weeks ago my niece stayed and the upstairs toilet got clogged and overflowed all night long to where when I woke up at 6 in the morning, I walked through the hallway, and there was water just pooled on the hallway. And I walked into our dining room, and it was the ceiling was bubbled like this with water. And I took an, a razor knife and cut it, and all this water just pours all over our hardwood floors. And, and my ceiling in our dining room was a mess. I mean, it was a mess. So what did I have to do? Well, I had to dry it out. That took about a week. And then I had to start doing drywall. I hate doing drywall. I'm not good at it. I mean, I'm just not. I can't do it very well. So I started doing drywall. And I do just a little bit at a time, a little bit the next. I'm talking gaps in our drywall ceiling like this. You know, I'm doing a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Finally, it's Monday. And my dining room is torn apart. I mean, it's absolutely torn apart. And my wife looks at me and says, is this going to be done before Art and Mary get here? So added pressure on me. Yes, it's going to be done. A little bit more, a little bit more sand, a little bit more sand, a little bit more sand. And finally, on, on Wednesday, I'm putting the dining room back together as I get this idea in my mind, I've got to replace these toilets because I don't want this to happen again. So I go and buy two toilets, and I put one in the upstairs. Well, I take the old one out of the upstairs. Did I tell you I've never replaced a toilet before? So I'm pulling the old toilet out, and it's like something's wrong with this thing. It doesn't look right, and, and it's, it, it flanges angled, and it's not. I'm calling people going, what do I do? They're going, just fix it. Just, just deal with it. I don't know how to deal with it. And so I try to get it all back together, and 
and I put it all back together, and there's still a little bit of water leaking out from underneath it. It's like, at least you can go to the bathroom. That's all that matters, and we'll be fine for a while. But then I decided to replace the downstairs toilet as well. And this is all on Wednesday. They're coming on Thursday. This is Wednesday, and it's like midnight. I'm still taking the toilet out of the first floor. It's like, I want things to be good. I want things to be fixed. I want things to be okay when they get there. Now, if Jesus is coming over, the game ups even more, right? He's coming to your house. There's got to be a toilet that works if Jesus is coming to your house. All right, that's just the bottom line. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the prince of peace, the great I am. He's coming. I want it to be nice. It just has to be done right. Martha goes into that control kind of mode, just like most of us would. She misses this incredibly important moment of learning from Jesus, of sitting at his feet and listening. Verse 40 says this, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Been there, done that, right? I I mean, most of us have at some point. Martha, Martha was distracted by all the stuff that had to get done, and she came to Jesus, and she did what most oldest siblings do. My youngest sister's not doing anything. Can't you tell her to do something? I mean, come on, God, help me. Make sure she does something. She can't just sit there. And I wonder how many of us are focused on the urgent things and we're missing the important things. What in your life is the most important thing that you've been distracted from doing? Just think about that. Don't answer it, just think about it. What's the most important thing that you have been distracted from doing? Let that sink in. Some of you might say, I'm so busy doing things for my kids that I haven't got to enjoy my kids. And you know what? That's most of us. While our kids are still living under our roofs, we're doing, 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 running, 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 and we neglect the time of getting to know them because we're doing so many things for them. And maybe because of all of that for our kids, we've neglected what's most important in our families, which is our marriages. You see, we're so busy doing things for our kids that we miss the most important thing in the family. The marriage is the glue that should hold the family together. And because you're so busy doing things, you've missed what would actually strengthen and nourish your kids which is a healthy marriage, and you've missed it because you've been so distracted that you forgot to work on that relationship because you're running everywhere all the time. Some of you would say, I've neglected my physical body, right? There's so much going on, so many urgent things happening in my life that I can't find the time to eat right. I mean, how easy is fast food? I mean, you can go through a drive-thru and in 20, 30, 40 minutes have your food delivered to your car window. You know, depends on which McDonald's you're at. You know, you can eat it in your car. You can go to Chick-fil-A and have it done in a third of the time and with a smile, which is even better, right? I mean, it just, you go through there really quickly, but it's fast food. How many people have time to cook to really make that work? Who has time to work out? I'd love to go to boot camp. I'd love to go to the gym, but just don't have the time. 
Some of you who are Jesus followers, you say, I've been so distracted from spending time with Jesus. I haven't had time to read, and I haven't had time to worship because I've been distracted. We have to discipline ourselves, especially in these summer moments, this mindset that sets in in the summer where we have to start thinking, you know what? Change how we think about summer. Instead of going, I'm sleeping in, everything is relaxation, it's all about me, me, me. You wake up and you say, especially on a Sunday, I'm going to get to church early. I want to get up front because these are the good seats. Some of you are sitting in the good seats. Some of you are sitting in the far back table seats. Love you too. But you know what? It's like, get up early. Get here early. Why? Because it's important. You want to be close to the action. Come to church expecting God to have some life-changing words for you. And then expect God to use you to impact the people around you. You don't just come to church, oh, it's time to get up on Sunday, go to church, whatever. No, you come expecting. You expect God to show up in your life. You expect God to challenge you. You expect God to give you something to do because that's the way it works. Instead of having the summer mindset, quit thinking that church is just one option during the summer. Quit thinking that. Quit thinking that maybe in summer mode, no, maybe I just, you know, just stay on the lake and I don't have to worry about anything else. Don't miss the opportunity. Get here early. Find a way to contribute and to serve. Get involved in the needs of people in the church, in our community. Start connecting with other Christ followers. That's important. Those are the important things instead of the urgent taking over. Look at what Jesus says to Martha in Luke 10, 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. You just found your life's verse right there. That's it. Underline it, mark it, write it down. You're worried and upset about many things. That's you, because the urgent has taken over the important. We only need one thing. That's your relationship with Jesus. She chose the important over the urgent. That's what Mary did. Here's the challenge today, all right? What do we need to do right now to make this the best summer ever instead of just falling into the summer mindset and the summer mode and the urgent is controlling us? What do we need to do to make this the best summer ever? Well, what do you need to do right now with your marriage to make it the best summer ever? Maybe for you that means quit following the culture, which says have a little thing on the side, friends with benefits, sleep with whoever you want to. Everybody's having a little thing on the side. No! How about instead of that, how about we invest time into our spouses? Maybe it's time for you to spend more time with them. Maybe it's the tone of voice that you use with them. Maybe it's the attitude that you take with them. Change the relationship. Make it the most important relationship in the family. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his or own body in a way that is holy and honorable. 
So if you're going to rate yourself on this, where are you on a scale of 1 to 10 in your marriage? Where do you want to be? And how do you get there? It's all about how you act and how you change because you can't control the other person. But I promise you, if you start investing in your spouse, they will open up and start investing in you. That's the way it works. That's the important over the urgent when your marriage is falling apart and you have to try to fix it. What do you need to do right now, this summer, with your physical body? You can't change where you've been in the past. You can't change how many of those freaking bunt cakes that you just ate. You can't do it. I want one of those, by the way. But I, you can't change how many you ate. What can you change? You can only change where you are right now in the present. You can only change what you do. I'm sorry, Charlie. I don't mean to be picking on you with the bunt cakes, right? You can only change what you're doing right now in your life. Focus on who you are right now. Rate yourself 1 to 10. Where are you physically? How healthy are you? What are you doing to be healthy? Where do you want to be? And how do you get there? Goals, time, priorities. What do you need to do right now with your spiritual life? Anybody else think that your whole life would be better if your spiritual life were more important to you? I promise you that it would. It just would. You can't change the past. You can't control the future. Take a look at where you are right now. You know somebody that considers themselves an active Christian, you know how many times they come to church during a month? Any guess? 1.3 times a month. Listen, that's a nice, hey God, here you go, I'll throw you a bone. That's not improving your spiritual life whatsoever. It's just not. You consider yourself spiritual, but in reality, you're not doing anything to get yourselves there. I mean, when you do that, what are we teaching our kids? All this other stuff is more important than deep spiritual connection. That's what we're teaching them. The thing that's going to sustain you through this life, through your, tr your troubles, your struggles, your, your, your eternity, that's what's most important, yet we make it not a priority. We make it as something, oh, when I'm, when I'm in desperate need, it'll be urgent and I'll connect to God. But until then, it's just not on my list. Make it important. Is it any wonder our lives are a mess? First Thessalonians 5 says this, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What do you need to do right now with your time to celebrate God? We have these three C's around community. Celebrate, connect, and contribute. Things that we feel every Christ follower needs to do. What do you need to do in your celebration time? Psalm 27, 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon his beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. Rate yourself. Where are you in your worship of God? Depressed, stuck, trying? Where do you want to be in your celebration of God? You want to be in a place where you feel his presence in your life? Listen, when you celebrate God, you have to quit worrying about what the people around you think. When you're singing, if you don't sing, maybe you do sing, and you're going, man, I can't sing on key. I'm not going to sing so anybody can hear me. Sing! Sing as loud as you choose to. 
going, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm just not on rhythm. I'm not on beat. So, maybe somebody next to you will grab your hand and start helping you, you know, figure out this clapping kind of thing. If you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. I grew up in churches where if they were, you raised your hand, they would escort you out of the building because you're not allowed to do that in church. Why? I have no idea. I think it's a great idea to surrender to Jesus, to give up your life to him, say, God, I'm here. Thank you for being part of my life. How do you do in your time celebrating? How do you get there? Maybe you read, you pray, you download some worship songs, and you listen to them on a daily basis. And maybe you start showing up not once a month, not twice a month, but every week this summer. Let's say you're out of town on vacation. Guess what? It doesn't take away the importance to connect to God. Find a church where you're... I promise you there are churches everywhere you're going to go on vacation. Everywhere there's a church. If you're out on the lake sitting on a boat, guess what? Tune into the podcast. I guarantee you've got your phone with you. Tune into the podcast. Listen, be part of a celebration service no matter where you are on vacation. But what do you need to do right now in your time to connect? What do you need to do to make yourself healthy? Maybe, you know, all the stress and the pressure in your life, you realize when those things come on you, you think you need a vacation, but here's what you're doing. You are skimming on your relationships. I'm so stressed. I'm so burned out. I'm so busy. I'm so overloaded from the urgent things. I just skip my relationships. And when you skim on your relationships, your life goes downhill. It's a basic fact. God created us to do life together. You need people around you. So quit skimming on your relationship. Quit skimming on your relationship with God. Because when the pressure's on, you need him and you need people in your life. I've learned that in my personal life. Quit cutting back on the things that mean the most, that are most important in the future of who you are. Here's what Ecclesiastes 4 says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So where are you? Are you connected deeply with other Christ followers? Do you have people in your life that are speaking into your life? Where do you want to be? And how do you get there? It's not real hard. You just have to make it important in your life. And what do you need to do right now with your choice to contribute? Here's the key to this summer for you. For making this summer different than any other summer you've ever had. This summer is not about you. It's the bottom line. It's not about you. It's not about you thinking you need more rest and more relaxation. Do you? Maybe you need some of that, but it's not about you. It's just not. If you want to sit back and complain and argue and say, woe is me, you're missing the priorities in your life. Here's God's plan for you. It's all about living beyond yourself. It's all about more than you. It's all about serving and helping and loving the people around you. You know, when it comes to contributing, maybe you need to do that financially. 
Because if money is controlling you, your life will never be happy. Now, there's a thing called the tithe. That's a biblical term. God says, give back to me first. I'll take care of the rest of your needs. Hey, listen, we need you. You're part of our church family, our church body. We have all kinds of needs around here that we need you to contribute to. We're opening a daycare, and we are low on funds to get this thing up and running. We're almost there, but we're not quite there. We, we pay mortgage, people's mortgages, people's car payments, people, people's electric bills. We pay ministry opportunities here. We need you to contribute into the kingdom and into this church family. We, we just do. Don't give less. Pour out more. Maybe you need to contribute into the lives of others because we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let, let me say this to you. If you go on vacation this week, next week, whenever it is, how about you pick one day, let's just say one morning out of that week and you find some way for you to serve some people around you. I guarantee you every city you go to has needs. They have people in need all around you. Doesn't matter what city it is, what county you're in, what, what state you're in, doesn't matter. There are people in need. Find a way to serve someone one morning when you're on vacation. Is it going to ruin your vacation? I guarantee it. It will make your vacation that much better. Why? Because it's not all about you. Rate yourself. Where are you when it comes to contributing back? into the lives of the people. Where do you want to be, and how do you get there? You have to make it a priority. You have to make the important things the things that you focus on. Right now, today, you get the opportunity to have the best summer that you've ever had. We're only a couple days in. You get the opportunity to have the best summer that you've ever had, which you know what that does? that leads into the best fall that you could ever have, which leads into the best winter that you could ever have, which leads into the best spring that you could ever have, simply by putting your priorities in place and focusing on what's important and not what's urgent. Isn't it time that we get out of our own way and let God take over for us? Isn't it time to start using your one and only life to make a difference in the lives of the people in our town, in our, in our, in our county, in our state, and, and, and whatever? Isn't it time to do that? Isn't it time to be God's hands and feet and find out what it's really like to live for the important things and not the urgent things? I guarantee you, if you do it, it'll be the best summer you've ever had. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for everyone in this room, and God, everyone watching online, may we just commit to the important things. May we commit to you, to worshiping you, to serving you, to, to, to loving you. God, may we commit to loving the people around us. God, help us to focus on that, because you love us more than we could ever imagine, and you only want what's best for us. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.